Blog Talk Radio. As of the 1st of October 2019, in South Australia, a new law was passed that allows a public servant to enter, remain, inspect, or use reasonable force to break into any premise, place, vehicle or vessel. This public servant can remove items from the premises to be used as evidence in future, and a warrant is not required if there is a suspicion, just a suspicion, that a vulnerable adult is at risk of abuse. Matters will then be directed to a court or tribunal that is not bound by the rules of evidence, can determine matters as it thinks fit, and can reach an outcome, just, on the balance of probabilities, not beyond, reasonable doubt. Victims often, end up a ward of state. The public guardian and public trustee, are often placed, as the ultimate decision maker, and, take over all affairs. These laws, are expected to be rolled out in other states next year. Are you scared yet? Good evening, everyone. This is TS Radio and the Marty Arkley Show. Marty is feeling a little not feeling the best, so she is having Reverend Ralph and I fill in, but we know she's listening, and we hope to have her on next week, hoping for a speedy recovery. We have missed you, Marty. Next week, we're going to be excited to have you back on because so much has been happening. I hope everybody got their letters in for the Senate hearing. The deadline was yesterday. We spoke about it last week, and we have heard that many people who who submitted letters were actually contacted on numerous occasions and even getting second and third calls back, and some of them are even being asked to testify in person. So we hope to have a really good show on that topic starting next week. I do hear that people are also going to be showing up. It's going to be first come, first serve to get into the Senate building to be there live for the hearing. They're going to let the press in first and any other available seats. And I have heard that some people are going to be heading on over and supporting. And if there is an open mic, we don't know if there will be. That would be a great time for people to raise their concerns. So this is a this is a, a great thing. We hope that this can go someplace and we're going to all remain positive about it and have a positive outlook. But guarantee if nothing happens, we will be exposing that here. So how are you doing tonight, Reverend Ralph? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, guys. I'm doing fine. Uh, good evening, everyone, nationwide and worldwide. It's, uh, like Kaz said, it will be a great show tonight. And I've got a few pointers that I think uh, people would enjoy hearing about. So you let me know, Kaz, when, when yeah. to do it. So our, our exciting topic is peaceful protest. And there was recently a peaceful protest that happened on the steps of the Montgomery County Courthouse. I did do a quick little... Uh, look up on peaceful protests and the laws are over at the ACLU website as well and that it is our first amendment right to peacefully protest they did say that you should never um, you should never block traffic resist speaking to police and that you always want to we always want to be on our best behavior and we want to do that as a civilized society and I believe that all those things 
were done correctly. And you know what, Reverend Ralph, if you'd like to take it away and tell us about the peaceful protests that happened in Montgomery County, and I just want to let you know, many people have been asking how can they join. So this could be the beginning of a movement. All right, tell us all about it. This has been such a great thing that's been done. Okay, cuz. Well, last weekend I put together a uh, basic uh, picket sign, and if people want to picket in their towns, it's very easy to make one. Go to Home Depot or Lowe's, get the large size of moving box, and it's connected by the hinges, and on the outside you have writing. So you just slice down one side where the hinge is, and you fold it backwards, and now you have a blank space. You get white paint, a half-inch paintbrush, and then you decide what you want to make as far as your uh, statement. And that's what I did on Tuesday. And I walked up and down the sidewalk up in Montgomery County uh, in front of the courthouse, and it was very interesting. I had people looking at me, reading my sign, And it said, uh, bring my loved person home. She is not your bank account, Judge Weilheimer. And Weilheimer is in charge of this case that I'm involved with, trying to bring uh, my loved person home. And for those of you that are new, I have to say loved person because apparently Judge Weilheimer does not believe in the Constitution where you have freedom of speech and to say somebody's name if they're being abused and taken for their money. So this is why I've had to do it. And I've even been in prison twice because of her, uh, because I did reveal the person's name, and this was not acceptable to her. They don't like having the scam that they're involved in, along with David Jaskowiak, the court-appointed lawyer, and psychologist uh, George Ladakis, and also uh, the uh, Thad Gelsinger, who's the lawyer for Pam Blummer, who is the guardian of this person for the last 10 months. So I took my sign, walked up and down the sidewalk at the uh, front of Montgomery County Courthouse. I had police going back and forth. There's two courthouses opposite each other. The police did not bother me at all. Uh, The sheriff deputies, they did not say anything to me. So... Again, you have to stay on the sidewalk. You cannot go up on the steps, or else they will come out and tell you to get down on the sidewalk. So now you had, I had called. Be- I had a quick question. Now you had called previous before doing this to make sure that what you were doing was going to be legal. Is that correct? That is correct, cause I contacted the Norristown Police Department, and I said, again, people have to be careful of this bureaucracy stuff, where yeah. there's all these little catch-alls of which you have to get a permit for and whatever but i contacted the Norristown police department they were very helpful very nice and i asked them specifically and they said no you don't need a permit because that is your constitutional right to picket so i walked up and down the sidewalk spent about four and a half hours there Uh, every time i saw somebody that looked like a lawyer well i faced them and let them read my sign And, again, I got some lawyers that looked like uh, they looked a little surprised at this uh, Judge Weilheimer, uh, who used to be in orphan's court, and now she's in civil court, but she was able to keep some of the cases. Mm. So, again, I think they were cases. I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, the big money 
the big money. The big money cases. Well, now why is that? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Gee. So um, hmm. I, I did it for about four and a half hours, and I had a couple people stop and talk to me. And what was interesting, because I had a lawyer came up to me, and he asked me about what the sign meant and so forth. And he said about two years ago he, uh, had, he had a guardianship case. He was defending somebody. And he said, you wouldn't believe the pushback that I got, he said. And now pushback, I mean that they resisted no, or doing what the law says. They just wanted to do it their way and the law be damned. So I thought that was interesting that uh, that lawyer would say it that way. But I, I've heard from many different lawyers since this matter started about two years ago that uh, – these lawyers say, well, they always thought something was going on up in Norristown and, you know, in the court, and they really weren't sure. But once they find out, they realize just how bad the situation is and how big of a scam it actually is with corrupt judges, corrupt lawyers, corrupt guardians, and corrupt psychologists. And as I had mentioned yeah. before, the, uh, in Pennsylvania, and everybody has to check their own state, in Pennsylvania, there are no standards or requirements as to what an accurate evaluation must be. So basically, as long as somebody has a title of Ph.D. and they throw together some paper and pencil tests, apparently the court accepts that as an evaluation. And to me, that is just asinine, the fact that people can be sent to their doom, stripped of all the money they have, and also be drugged. And also the fact that uh, these guardians have such power. I mean, literally, it is slavery. Yeah. And these guardians have such power, they have denied uh, people visiting their mother and father. They have, um, re- the guardians have refused husbands and wives together. They have denied yep. other types of basic things, such as toothpaste and eyeglasses and so forth. And again, if people just don't realize, it's, it's like the most disgusting type of crime by these people and it seems like the the worst status they're not criminals criminals usually have a purpose they don't want to hurt people but again you know they do shoot rob or shoot rape and so forth but most of these crimes they're just for the money and but you find the worst status that there are and they get into this guardianship stuff where they seem yeah. to enjoy causing pain and causing misery oh. to the uh, victim it. and also to the families. Um, yep. So getting back to the picketing, it was a very, very rewarding experience, and I recommend it highly to people because you're getting in their face. And I've said this on the show many times. The poison to these guardians, to these corrupt guardians and the corrupt lawyers and judges, is exposure. Exposure is their poison. And if you send letters out to the, reg- to the other judges in the courthouse exposing what that judge is doing, if you pick it, you are exposing these people for what they are. And this is why I've often said, you know, you're going to be spending not tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to get your person out of guardianship. And unfortunately, the odds are not in your favor. But no. what I recommend is... Spend a couple of hundred dollars, hire a private investigator, and find out the home addresses of these guardians, of the lawyers for the guardians, of the judges, and then send letters out to their neighbors telling them what they are and what they're doing. 
that embarrasses them and humiliates them. And if remember, if you remember during the uh, Trump administration, the liberals would go into the restaurants of some of these Republicans and just interrupt their dinner and so forth. They harassed yeah. those people, and they learned a lesson as far as that they were intimidated and they didn't go back to those restaurants again. And that's the same thing you have to do here. Let the neighbors know what they're doing. It might cause them to think twice about keeping the case. Now, going along with uh, after the picketing, uh, like I said, I highly recommend it. It was a great situation. I know a lot of people saw it. And what was funny, Kaz, was I was there for about a half an hour, and this woman came out and took my picture. And again, I faced her with my sign, and she looked a little you know, familiar. I couldn't place her. And she was very nice. And I said, uh, you look familiar. I said, do you work for Judge Weilheimer? She said, yes, I'm her assistant. And she said, I saw you out here, and I told her. And Judge Weilheimer asked her, what did the sign say? What did the sign say? Like she was really shocked. So, uh, again, I stood there, let her take my picture. So I know Judge Weilheimer knows about that sign, and that won't be the first time I'm going to do it. And in addition, I'm going to go to the local TV stations and pick it right out front of their entrance where the news trucks are. They have uh, a special parking lot where they park their news vans. In the morning, you get there like 7 o'clock in the morning, and you pick it. They'll have reporters in there that will see you, and it, you might be able to get a story done on that. So, but another thing, totally different from the picketing, that I've been going through, and I'm sure a lot of you people out there that have gone through this have gone through the same thing, which is these guardians, uh, they demand payment for visits. And this started with me about four months ago uh, because of these fake uh, accusations against me. The guardian said, well, uh, you get your loved person upset every time you called or every time you uh, stopped in to see the person. So we're going to have a monitor sit about five feet from you, and you have to pay this monitor $75 an hour just to sit there. And then this monitor makes notes on what supposedly you said or did. Well, the joke is it was the guardian that was allowed to pick the monitor, and the monitor was picked because she would be a puppet for the guardian. And the whole purpose was to make up things in, their, in her reports. It was a woman monitor, and therefore gradually limit my visits to this loved person of mine. And that's what happened. I went from three visits a week starting in September of 2021. Then I was allowed phone calls, and gradually that got reduced. So as of a month ago, uh, I'm only allowed two visits a week with no phone calls, and this monitor has to be there. So the, uh, and they demand payment a week in advance to make sure the, uh, you know, they're going to get their money. So basically, I made a decision, and... I decided that I am not going to pay any more money because it amounts to nothing more than a pay-to-play. And they know yeah. it's a joke to them because I'm giving some unemployed friend of theirs money just to sit there to make up lies. And it's well known. It's called demonizing the person, anybody that interferes or is threatening to the guardian just to keep the person away from seeing their loved one. 
So you know, I you know who else? um, We've had who else has gone through that, and it was even worse. Is Mary Bush when she had visitation? Not only was she having to pay, they had an armed guard, an armed guard guarding her, so she could visit her mother. Is Pennsylvania not messed up or what? I mean, can anyone believe this? An armed guard, so you could visit your mother. So yeah, it's, it's and that was going to be the next step for you, an armed guard. Well, there's wow. not going to be any next step because I had to weigh the balance of maybe never seeing my mother or father or whoever it is again, but I'm not going to play their little game where I'm feeding them money just so they can make up fake reports, which they will use those reports with Judge Weilheimer to say, oh, you're still causing problems and all. Well, these reports, the woman is like in her 30s, and the reports are handwritten. The handwriting looks like that of a child. And Judge Weilheimer refused to let my lawyer and I, the lawyer that quit a week ago without any notice, uh, Judge Weilheimer refused to let us know the qualifications of this person. What's the secret? Why don't we know about what this person who's making legal documents, why can't we find out what her qualifications are to listen, make notes, make quotes, and then while you're, they're still listening to what is being said. Now, that's a very complicated process. And unless that person is a stenographer trained to do that, then obviously you're not going to get accurate quotes and all. But that doesn't matter. No. Whatever they can make up and then accuse me of saying or doing, that's good enough for them. So I decided yeah. I'm not going to play their game anymore. I feel sorry for this loved person of mine. But, yeah, it's so sad. And, and without, without being able to see this person, I don't know what condition the person is, whether or not they're getting drugged. Uh, I know the person is not as mobile as they used to be. Uh, so, but again, I'm just not I going to play that game with them. And yeah. again, I, I mean, feel sorry. It, it's so ahead, sad. Huh? And it's so sad. And it's definitely what they want. And for my personal, my personal experience is the judges in Montgomery County, they are okay with chemical restraints, which goes against the 1987 Nursing Home Act that Ronald Reagan signed, which we presented all that information to Judge Stanley Ott, and they don't care. They're good with it. So, I, you know, they're going to go in there and they're going to, you know, do wreck a lot of havoc. And I am so sorry. It's like our loved ones are, they're like warriors fighting this war, just going to leave some evidence. But, you know, uh, Reverend, we have a caller on the line, and it is area code 610. That is Montgomery County, is it not? Yes, it is. Let's, let's see if we can put them through. Eric Code 610, you're live and on the air. Hi, Kaz. It's Elaine. Hi, Reverend Oh, Mel. hey. Hey, Hi, Elaine. Elaine. How are you? Hi. Okay. So um, first, I have a question for the Reverend. Um, so the monitor that he says is $75, he had to pay 75 an hour. I just, I guess I'm curious if that person makes $75 an hour because that's pretty steep. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, professionals out there who don't even make half that money. So I want, I'm just curious if that person actually makes $75 oh. an hour. 
well, the Guardian I, I, is pocketing half of it, I bet. Yeah, well, again, I can't find out anything. It's like it's none of your business, but it's my money. Uh, the way I understand it uh, is, and it was a court order by Weilheimer uh, about five, six weeks ago, that I can only have two visits a week and I have to pay the $75. But as it breaks down, I have the person, the monitor is there a half an hour before meeting time, an hour there, and then a half an hour afterwards with my loved person. And then I also have to pay, it also includes gas for this person. Now, it's like, what the heck are you trying to say? That I have to, and I can't find out why this person, the monitor, is there a half an hour before I'm there and stays a half an hour afterwards. And remember, I can't ask this loved person anything because the monitor is right there. So, uh, but again, yeah, you're right, Elaine. Uh, who knows if this person's only getting $10 for, you know, an hour and the rest goes to the guardian because we know how greedy these guardians are. They'll charge for everything. Yeah, they because, are. They definitely and, are greedy. And I'm just going to, um, I'm just stating that when I went through this kind of stuff with, with the custody, because it's the same playbook with family court with all these experts they bring in and psychologists and all kinds of people i mean they charged me a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars and i didn't uh i didn't get to ask any questions and not only that i was one of them required me to sign a contract that i wasn't even allowed to sue them and it was a court-ordered person, so I didn't hire the person. I was ordered to sign a contract or go to jail, and then it, the, it all added up to $125,000 was charged to me, to people who, who there was no reason for them to be involved. I didn't ask for them. There was no, no, no need for any of these people, but that's the way they um, operate at this courthouse. It's really incredible uh the truth is harder to believe than fiction okay it's the truth that's the truth is harder to believe than fiction you could watch a tv movie the week uh that would be believable and this stuff you can't you can't believe it when it's really going on every day and if you're not the victim of this stuff and i also told you cause uh previously they tried twice to put a guardian on me and the yeah. proof that the whole thing the proof that the whole thing is a scam is because the petition that was originally filed it said injunctive relief, but in the alternative, can we have a guardianship? <laughs> so it just it was just proof. It was proof that we want your money. This is a cash grab. If we can't get it this way, can we use Plan B to get it? So, you know, they, this guardianship is abused all over, primarily with the seniors, but they use it in family courts. They use it in other areas where people, where someone finds out you have money coming in. If you go in workman's comp, uh, that's being used as a means to steal, uh, steal your money through guardianship as well. So it is a yeah. horrible, horrible, uh, explosive, expanded criminal act against or, you know, against the public. But, okay. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, I had many people that when I posted the picture of Reverend doing a protest on my Facebook page, I had many people tell me, you know, oh, 
you better take it down. This is not good. And the number one question that I kept hearing was, this will upset the judge. It will never go his way. It's going to upset the judge. First off, a judge is supposed to follow the law. So the fact that the judge might get upset, that means the judge might not follow the law? Really? I, I hear this all the time. Don't want to upset the judge. Don't want to upset the judge. So, Reverend, I would like you to answer that question. Do you really feel that um, she's going to get mad and not rule in your favor? What What do you have to say to that question? Well, because she put me in prison twice, uh, and we're talking a real prison, not the little jail cell at the police department. Uh, and let's face it, uh, I did not have any private cells. I was with general population, and it is quite known that people are murdered in prison. So what was interesting was the first time uh, they put me in prison, and this is this love person's court-appointed secre- uh, uh, lawyer, David Jaskowiak in Jenkintown, he was the one that filed a contempt of charge without even asking my love person whether or not they wanted it. And so yeah. obviously he doesn't think that's important as far as knowing or no. doing what your client wants. But what was interesting was uh, because I had information exposing a scam on my website, uh, they, you know, Jess Koviak, uh, you know, wanted me, you know, found guilty of the contempt, which I was. And Weilheimer sentenced me to six months in prison, and uh, or she said until the information is taken down. Well, I was led away right after the court appearance, uh, and I just, you know how do you? They don't have computers in prison, so how was I yeah. supposed to take it down? So that was part of the joke. Uh, you can take it down, you'll get out, but you're not going to have any means to take it down. So. Fortunately, uh, Elaine, you were there, and you passed on a message to a friend of mine, and he was able to take it down, and I was out in a week. So I changed the narrative that was on my website because it had this person's actual name, and they tried to claim that it violated the person's right of privacy. Well, let's face it. When you do these kind of things to somebody, you're violating the right of privacy, and when you put them into a dumpy a low-rated nursing home in a tiny little room with no phone, no nothing, and this is where they're supposed to stay until they die. That's not violating their privacy. So the second time uh, was just in December, a couple of months ago. Uh, In the meantime, Amazon had archived my original website with all the information. Well, Jess Kobiak saw it. And he said, oh, well, you're supposed to take it down and this and that. I said, no, it's Amazon. They archived it. It's a news website. I have no control over it. So once again, uh, they, uh, Jess Kobiak filed a contempt charge. Weilheimer found me guilty, put me in prison for a week, and then I got out. Well, what's interesting is about eight or nine months ago, my ex-lawyer, he saw a seminar Uh, a video seminar, and every year lawyers in Pennsylvania have to have so many educational credits in order to keep their law license. So my lawyer said he saw a video seminar with Jess Koviak and another lawyer that did guardianship and a psychologist. Jess Koviak bragged in the seminar that he uses contempt orders to get his way. So in other words, He has no problem with putting people in jail, forcing them to pay him money for the work that he did to make up the contempt charge, and he's using that 
as a weapon, using a court as a weapon is not allowed, and judges are supposed to not allow that to happen. But, of course, Jaskowiak admitted that, oh, yeah, he loves contempt orders because he gets what he wants. Yeah. Well, that's a bully. That's not a lawyer. That's a bully, a childish bully. So, Well, uh, they, they definitely what? are using – they definitely are using the courts as their own personal weapons, and they are making money and profiting off of the fact that they are weaponizing the courts. And there currently is a House committee that is going to be doing a hearing on that the courts have been weaponized against the you know, the regular people. And absolutely they have been. And we probably need to get the girls from Ohio in here because it's one of these reps from Ohio that's starting to like look into the weaponization of the courts. And this is a perfect, perfect example. So the fact is the pendulum could be swinging because, you know, Americans get fed up. There comes to a point where they'll get fed up and they do tea parties, you know, at one, at what point are we not going to tolerate this anymore? Just the government using all the agencies and the courts to put away innocent people. Basically, your loved one is being treated like criminal. Your loved one is being locked away, not allowed to see anybody who this loved one chooses to see, which would include you and is not allowed to eat the food that they want to eat, to live in the home that they want to have. They can't even control their own home, their bank account, nothing. What is the difference between your loved one and a death row inmate? What's the difference? I would like to know. Reverend, well, is there a difference in treatment between yes, your loved one yes. and a death row inmate? Oh, wait, yes, the death row inmate can make phone calls. Tell us about it. Yep. Because you're exactly right. The death row inmate, he has more privileges and more rights. Uh, he has television. He has computers. He has a library he can use. He gets good food in prison and so forth. And this is what the joke is, um, the fact that these people in guardianship, uh, as I mentioned, I think it was two weeks ago, I found an article that says when a person runs out of money in a nursing home, Medicaid pays for it but they're only given a small allowance each month to buy the things at a nursing home that they want from a vending machine. And in Pennsylvania, it's only $45 a month. And it's hardly enough money to buy toilet paper or toothpaste or whatever per month. Yeah. And I think that's disgusting that these senior citizens, and every one of them was a great person when they were young. They contributed to society. Yeah. They paid their taxes. And now they're in some dumpy nursing home in a tiny room, maybe two people to a room, and they don't even have enough money to buy a soda or a razor to shave with. This is yep. America. And I'd like to even know if they get that $45. I'd like to know that. You know, and let's add veterans because Harvey, my loved one, was a veteran. So let's throw that in the mix, too, on what Montgomery County does to its citizens. You know, there was just a recent um, – that that uh, Judge Lois Murphy, she was in some Senate hearing, and she said when they were questioning her about how many people were in guardianship, wasn't it something like just in Montgomery County, just under 2,000 people are in guardianship right now? What's the population in Montgomery County? Uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't know that I think answer. There's a, I think there's a lot. It's a large county of cause. 
I think it was over 800,000 um, in so two thousand, And with 2,000 mm-hmm. of them in guardianship. But that was I bet you not. That, that was probably yeah. only at that point of time. That's, you know, I mean, that could have been for a certain, a small window of time. It could have been, lot, you know, certainly On that, a lot more. Cur- yeah. Those were current. I believe what she said, those were current. That was the cur- currently. It didn't talk about all the other ones that were, you know, offed already, like my loved one. Uh, so that was what was currently in guardianship. And that's a lot. I would like to know if of those almost 2,000 people, if anyone is happy with the situation that they are in, I would bet and a th- lot of money the answer is no. What and do you I'd like think? to know. I'd like to know how many of them are ju- how many people that are guardians are judges or lawyers. They will do that. They will do that because there is no profit um, uh, honor among thieves. We have the Tarkini story that happened in Montgomery County, and the husband was uh, was a good attorney. And as soon as he passed away, even though you can imagine him being an attorney, all his paperwork was in place. And this story is over at Shenanigans at the Montgomery County Facebook page, complete with all the court documents to back up what I'm about to say, is there was a power of attorney that was in place, but Judge Ott overruled it and put Deb Clock as the guardian. And this, I mean, the story is horrendous, what was done. So they will, they'll go vulture their own. So as soon as, probably one of their friends, as soon as he passed away, they went for his widow. It's disgusting. It is, it's Reverend Ralph. It is, cause, and there's an old joke about sharks don't feed, you know, sharks don't eat other sharks, but that's not the case anymore. Uh, if, if the lawyer has money, and if somebody, if another lawyer thinks they can get it, they'll do it. And it's, again, it's, it's a, you can't say it enough how disgusting this, these situations are to have nice, honorable people with families that want to take care of them. They're in a situation where they were living happy. They were living happy, and then all of a sudden something happens where they're snatched and they're thrown into the uh, meat grinder, and now it's basically they're just waiting till they die. And I, 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 it's just appalling. It really is appalling. And we know it's, it's yeah, a cash oh, every, Absolutely. Every, everybody knows it's nothing more than a cash grab because – if any of these guardians or lawyers or judges, if they really cared about helping people, there's plenty of homeless people, Kent, Kent City, as you would call them. Not that those people deserve to be guardians. Just because you're homeless, alcoholic, drug addict, anything, that's not the standard for um, being guardian. But what my point is that is they're so interested in helping people oh they want to get them they want to make sure that someone's taken care of let them go take care of the people that are living on the street that have no they way have to go. no family exactly. yeah and leave, and leave all these these uh people alone who have their own homes and they have family who they want to live with or that they have their own homes they can live with they have the funds so that's the proof that it's nothing more than a cash grab and and Family is supposed to be the first people that uh, someone would look to if that's if a person can't take care of themselves. And the standard is so low. 
um, where you have to not have the capacity to basically feed yourself and to care, self-care for yourself for a guardian to be, um, you know, justified. And most of those people who are being guardians, they just, that's just not the case. Those people are just senior people. They're unsuspecting people. They're vulnerable. And someone finds out that they got cash stashed away. Uh, even if they don't have a lot of cash, they see a means to put them in some facility that they could bill to the taxpayers. So they just see it as dollar signs. It's horrible and, you know, it's really unfortunate. I'm, I'm really anxious to see if anything should come of that um, committee, that Senate committee. Oh, uh, everyone is going, everyone is watching that. Everyone's watching. But, you know, back to the peaceful protest, because I know that's why everyone's tuned in, and we have quite a few people tuned in here. Let's talk about that. Uh, how would you recommend somebody organize a peaceful protest in their hometown? What would be well, some of the first things to do, Reverend? Well, uh, that's a good question, Kaz. Uh It only takes one to pop a balloon, okay? And one person with a picket sign, that's, that's a lot to get the publicity out there because I've seen where the news media, both print and television, basically just don't care. If there's a car crash, if there's a house on fire, or if somebody gets shot, they'll be right there, and that's all they talk about. But... Uh, with a pro, with a picket, one person can do it, uh, and with a very easy to make sign, they can get their message out that cannot be stopped. And again, you put those people's names on it, or send letters out to the neighbors of this guardian or lawyer, or whatever. You've got a situation of a lot of power in your hands. As far as protesting, that is something uh, where you might have to get a permit to protest, especially if there's going to be three, four, five, ten people where obviously they don't want traffic blocked and they don't want, you know, uh, a, a riot yeah. on their hand or something like that. So basically, uh, if you get your friends and they make picket signs, that really will help. And contact yeah. the news media and say, hey, we're going to, you know, in two days or three days, uh, we're going to have a protest and, you know, maybe the news media will show up. Uh, I wrote an article two weeks ago for a local paper, Bucks County Herald. It was a 600-word article about guardianship corruption. It was supposed to be in last week. It wasn't. supposed to be in this week. I haven't. It's, it's not in there. So Monday I'm going to have to call the editor and find out uh, why was it canceled? Why isn't it in there? So, again, the news media is a whole different animal when, uh, you know, trying to get them to get information out there. And it's, it's strange because... It, the freedom of speech is so important, that's why the Founding Fathers put it in the Constitution. It's the First Amendment. It's, it's the constitutional right, not privilege, yep. right to have free speech, to uh, have freedom of religion, to have freedom of expression. And this is something where people just don't exercise their rights, and it's basically helping the, uh, you know, the guardians and all keep a secret. So... Again, yeah. it's something you have to do if you really want to get the word out there. And, uh, you know, it's, it just cannot be emphasized enough. One person can make a difference. And you needle them and needle them, they may just let you go. Uh, you know, again, it's very low that that will happen. But 
Uh, I got the first guardian for my loved person, Dwayne Logie. After eight months, he finally decided to leave just because I was constantly on his neck. I was constantly writing things about him, uh, exposing him, and he basically got enough of it. And his lawyer was Diane Zabowski, who everybody Uh. seems to know. So yeah. they, you know, when Dwayne Logie quit, she went with him, and unfortunately, this Pam Blummer is worse than five Logies. That's a sad day when uh, Diane Zabowski was the better attorney. Yeah, wow. that's true. Wow. And, and, Hell is freezing else, over a little bit. Something else, because uh, I think it's important. If a person wants to open a investment business where he gets people's money and he invests it in stocks and bonds and whatever, he has to have all types of state and federal licenses to do it. But here you yeah. have a guardian who, if he's guardian of the estate, he can be handling millions and millions of dollars of somebody's money, and he could take it to a casino and gamble it away, and the law says, oh, that's fine. It, it yeah, make- yeah. Yep, you're right. They can do that, you know, and they always sell the houses. That's always in the playbook. If people don't know that they're going to sell the houses and they're going to sell them under value. And it's always the same realtors. It's always the same people buying these undervalued homes and then they flip them and make profits. And, you know, these, the wards are just their commodity, just their investment vehicle where you know, the death row inmate, that's not somebody's commodity. That's not somebody's going to make money off that person unless they're going to write a book or something. But, you know, there's that's such to hold that person, and it's a form of human trafficking, and just everything is wrong and disgusting. And so many people, when they get caught up into it, they like, I never thought something like this could happen in the United States of America. And it's so true. It's such a violation of our freedoms. In, in in so many ways and the downfall of of our society starts at the ground floor it's not always like oh who are you going to vote for president it's what's going on at your local level that's where it's starting that's where they have most power at that local level to really cause all the corruption and commotion and then it just kind of trickles trickles and feeds its way up to you know a big balloon of it but you really have to pay attention to the elections that are going on at the local level and who is in office at the local level you know because joe biden is not the one who petitioned anybody to you know be put into guardianship so you can't point your finger directly at him but you can you can point your finger directly at some of the people who are at the local level. So I really hope this Senate hearing will do something. It's concerning that there's two people from Pennsylvania on that committee. And why is that? Why do you know why that is Elaine? Why are there two Uh, people? Do not know, but um, all I know is that, well, you told me that if there's an excessive amount of, people who are guardians in Montgomery County. Um, I don't really know the statistics. I just know it's horribly abused throughout Pennsylvania in multiple ways. You know, seniors is probably the majority, but there's, I told you, they abuse it in other courts as well. I yeah. Do not, I don't know. I know, uh, isn't it Senator Casey um, is on that committee as well? He's the head of the committee. Yeah. So he's the head of committee. 
yeah, for elders or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I the don't Committee know. on Aging. Yes, aging, that's what it is. I do not my know. Senator, just, go ahead. Yeah. My my senator Tammy Baldwin used to be on that committee, and I was really disappointed to see that she wasn't, because she actually she was raised by her grandparents, and that's one of the that's that's one of the topics that's just really near and dear to her heart. So it was such a disappointment when I saw that she wasn't on that committee. And then there's two people on Pennsylvania. It concerns me that they're kicking off the people that might make a difference on that committee. I'm a little concerned. Are you guys concerned about that? But yet they're doing this. So I, I don't know what to think. This is Reverend Ralph. Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks, what was it, two weeks ago, the Pennsylvania Senate uh, had a, um, for two hours, they had people testifying and so forth, but they were all bureaucrats. Uh, nobody yeah. that was a victim was allowed to speak, which basically all you had for two hours were bureaucrats from different departments in the state of Pennsylvania just complimenting themselves, saying what a great job yeah. they're doing. And, they're, and they'd always finish by saying, well, maybe something more could be done. Well, if they had victims there, they would find out just how serious it is. And I, I think it's rather pathetic that they rigged it just so you just had a bunch of bureaucrats uh, complimenting each other. Now, oh, last, yeah. year, and last year there was a Senate bill, SB uh, 1333, by Baker and Haywood, uh, Republican and Democrat. And it was supposed to deal with guardianship reform. Well, it never got out of committee. So he here you have... All those Republican representatives, all those Democrat representatives, all the representatives of, I mean, Democrat senator and Republican senators, and they didn't care something this important even got out of committee to vote on. Now, this yeah. year, there's a new number. It's SB 506, Senate Bill 506 in Pennsylvania, and that's supposed to deal with guardianship reform. But it, it really is just mind-boggling on how they care more about illegal immigrants getting everything they want for free, but the people that have paid their taxes, obeyed the laws, made this country better, they don't care if they're tortured, uh, stolen from, and uh, dumped in some low-rated nursing home until they die. That just doesn't make sense to me. And, hey, hey, Reverend Ralph, I want to also point out that, you know, that, well, People have lost sight also that all of these legislators, they're not supposed to be the boss of something. They're supposed to be representing what their district wants. So all these people who contact their legislators and complain, these legislators aren't doing their job. Their job is to represent their district, whether it's federal level, whether it is local level. They're not doing it. They need... We, you know, we just need total reform that we can impeach these legislators. We shouldn't have to wait to vote them out because with what we see that goes on with elections now, you can't even trust elections. I don't know who's voting some of these legislators back in, but if all these people want reform with this guardianship, and there's other laws too, serious things that need reform, then why aren't they getting it done? Because that's what the constituents that's what the public wants. So, uh, when you, you know, I'm quite familiar with this Senator Baker, who has turned a blind eye to some very serious issues, and she was head of the Judicial Committee. Um, I guess she still is. I'm not sure. She turned a blind eye to everything, and 
they're not doing their job. They should be able to be impeached. Well, they shouldn't. They shouldn't get a paycheck if they're not. If they are not honoring and serving the constituents, the public, they should. We should be able to form a petition and have them impeached. That's that's the end of it. Then they'll still get their um, retirement. But you know, when you talk about that Senate committee. Uh, Judge Lois Murphy of of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, was like the keynote speaker. And we all know how dirty she is. I mean, we could do a whole year's worth of show. I mean, we could just line up her victims. If you don't know about her, you can go to Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook and read all about her. She's just just a, just as corrupt as Judge Ott and Judge Wilheimer. They, just, they can get away with it. And so they do. I've often wondered, you know, as they start to do these things, do they do they become a judge thinking they're going to do the right thing and then they slowly go down a slippery slope? Or was it corruption all along? What do you guys think? Well, this is Reverend Ralph. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that when they take the oath to be a lawyer, they have to swear to defend and uphold the Constitution. And then when they become a judge, they have to swear to uphold and defend the Constitution again. But, and it's interesting, in court now, they don't even use a Bible. Religion is totally out of the court now. It's just, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and that's it. And I've made the joke several times that if they ever ask that of me again, I'm going to say, hell no, I'm going to lie as much as the judge, the juries, and everybody else. So, I think... Because <laughs> it's... It's not going to go your way anyway. That's, kind That's of right. Oh Might as well put goodness. it to their face. Uh, but <laughs> it's, again, as far as uh, these people doing their job, uh, again, this is why if you get their home address, and it's very easy to get because, you know, they have to register to uh, with some department of state when they're going to run for election. They have to give their name, address, and so forth. So, uh, find out where they live, like I said, to send, their le- send letters to their neighbors and all, telling them what they do and so forth, what they haven't done. And, again, yep. embarrass them, intimidate them, and that's the only way they're going to do anything. Uh, yeah, and ex- yeah, exposure. I know that uh, someone did that to Judge Ott's neighbors years ago. They actually went door knocking. And, you know, as long as – as long as everything that you're saying is truthful and you cannot solicit, if there's a no soliciting sign at the door, definitely don't go knocking on the door. But yeah, mailing mailing letters. I mean, they mail us. My my mailbox gets so chunked up every election year with all their little, you know, they're bashing each other. So why not? Can't we mail their our letters out also and let us know what the candidates are doing? They're doing it to each other. It should be fine. But yeah, absolutely. You know, the one thing though is don't don't only like really go after the person that is in office. I feel that you really can't go after the family. I think that's wrong, and I feel that's crossing a line that is unacceptable. And I do think that some people doing that, if someone is out with their children, I think you need to stay down because that's not okay. But definitely mailing stuff off. I would want to know if I was living next to somebody who would potentially treat me worse than a death row inmate. I mean, if you live next door to one of these, you're a target. You're in trouble. They know your business a little bit more than they know someone who lives a mile away's business. You're definitely, I would want to know. Wouldn't you guys want to know? 
I would. Uh, again, it's, yeah. it's all about uh, might makes right. Uh, you know, three years ago, you wouldn't do those kind of things. You know, if a family was eating dinner or something at a restaurant, even if they were a politician, you let them eat their dinner and have some privacy. But now there's, it's no holds barred. I mean, the things that they're doing against the citizens, against the taxpayers, and all the little favors they give to each other and so forth, I say forget the family. If the family, you know, if they get the message that the family's going to be uh, intimidated or uh, embarrassed, well, so much the better. And one of the well, things, uh, one of the things see, I want the mom, to say, the mom and me doesn't agree with that part of it. The okay. mom and me doesn't agree because you got kids. I'm so, but that's why we love this show. You know, we don't we don't always agree, but it's always a great a great topic to debate. But yeah, I definitely just think expose them. But maybe when they're out with their like buddies. But I don't know, the kids, well, one, you know, one, you hope one, the kids can turn out. One final thing I'd like to say is um, when uh, we, we mention people's names and we comment about them, but we right. are fair and balanced on this show, and we welcome, if these people disagree with us, the ones that we're talking about, we welcome them to come on and speak their mind. And if they oh, want to defend absolutely. themselves, fine. That way they can't say, oh, uh, we're going to sue you for slander and defamation of character. Hey, if they don't want to come on the show, that's their problem. So, again, by saying this ahead of time, and I try to say it every show, the fact that if they disagree with what we're saying, well, call in and we'll put you on. And you can try to defend yourselves. But so far, absolutely. nobody has. No, they they usually don't. That would that they need to stay under the rock that they're hiding in. And you know, one of the things that I've always am going back to, and I got actually this was an APS worker out of Wisconsin who told me this. Are they doing what the ward wants them to do? And that's the big grievance is they don't even ask the the loved one what do you want who do you want to visit with where would you like to live when these things are never even asked of the loved one by these corrupt attorneys right there that's the flag you shouldn't be doing what you're doing you should have nothing to do with this because you're not you're not doing as a lawyer you're supposed to be doing the wishes of your client not your own personal wishes. And that's what they're all doing. They're just doing their own personal wishes. I would imagine that your very loved person, Reverend Ralph, would not want you to have gone to jail two times and that they would not have wanted to pay an attorney to write up the papers to have that happen to you. And so Jess Gwayek, see, he failed as an attorney because he didn't ask his client, what would the client wish for him to do? And there's, there's, that's so wrong. And a judge can't see through this. A judge can't see like, wow, we have an attorney that might not be doing the wishes of their client. I guess do attorneys not have to do the wishes of their client when they're detrimental to the client's health? I guess in Montgomery County they don't have to. You know, I almost feel like when we go to school, we need to have, like, you know, how they teach you math, science, all that kind of stuff. We need to have, like, a legal class. And these things need to be gone over because they expect us all to know these things, even though these attorneys go to school for, like, eight years. But we should at least have a basic. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Well, the problem is 
the guardian becomes the client. That's the problem. The guardian is now the client. So, so whatever the guardian's wishes are, the ward doesn't get to to have a wish. They don't get to have a choice. It's so, all the, so in with all the guardians. in Wisconsin. In their yeah, yeah, and that well, that's in Pennsylvania. Them. So this mm-hmm. is a a social worker in Wisconsin, actually one of the heads of a, Adult Protective Services. If you notice, I live in Wisconsin, and we don't have. I know of three stories in Wisconsin. I know of probably a thousand stories in Pennsylvania. The thing is, is the laws are different in the state, and in Wisconsin, you have to do what that person says and like she said i know one example that she gave is like britney spears you have a right to blow your money you have a right to go to vegas and just blow it all that's your right there's nobody Mm -hmm. that can step in to save your money you have a right even if your decision to make your decisions even if they're bad decisions and i and when she said that to me it really spoke to me that you know what 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 does that person want and we're not asking what does that person want and that's the problem. Well, that's the law. That was the law in Pennsylvania as well. That was because the bar that was really low, and to put a guardian on somebody, that it's the capacity has to be that it's so low that you can't care for yourself. It's not about making a choice. Right. Uh, guardianship is that you don't have the capacity to even make a choice. So if you make a choice to be a drug addict. Or, um, and, and, again, I'm not saying that people want to choose that. I'm just saying they're, right. they're considered, uh, oh, I'm going to bring alcohol, I'm going to be a gambler, I'm going to squander my money. These are considered, like, from the mental state, that it's, com- it's considered a choice. And I'm not, and I know, you know, being a substance abuser, it's not, it's sim- I'm not saying that, oh, you chose that, but it is right. con- it's, class- it's classified under being considered a choice, whereas let's say you have, dementia you didn't choose to have dementia you know right um, but that is where they were there it, it used to be in Pennsylvania I could tell you 20 years ago where the bar was at if you had the capacity to make a choice it doesn't matter you know what the kind of choice it is then there was no guardianship and now I'm guessing doing, that's why oh they bring in like a Ladakis where they do the quack this is where Reverend Ralph's been exposing they bring in Ladakis that's doing like the quack the quack uh report and making people set yeah the evaluation making people sound like they they're so like just so out of it that they are a vegetable or something you know we are down to about a minute and a half we ended up doing just an hour show tonight oh and there it goes but anyway this was a great conversation. Elaine, thank you so much for calling in. You always bring so sure. much to the table. We just enjoy having everyone. And, Marty, we know you're out there listening. We know you're feeling under the weather, and we hope to have you back next week. I hope we made you proud and that we we did a good job in upholding the show and that we kept it as feisty as possible because that is what Marty that is what Marty does. But thank you, everyone, and have a very good night. And, everyone, the Senate hearing is this Tuesday. I believe you can watch it online at the website. And so that will be a great topic for us to discuss next week. Good night. Good night. Good night.